Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Mark. Great. I was waiting for that. Thank you. Um, this morning, we're continuing our sermon series, Church, Spirit-Filled and Led. And we're exploring the topic, Gathered, in the, Gathered for the Community. Now, it's my first time preaching here on a Sunday morning. You can be the judge of whether it's the last. Um, (laughs) I've set myself what you might think is a rather ambitious challenge this morning. Um, By 12 o'clock, I would like to have convinced you that you are the light of the world. That you are the light that the world desperately needs today more than anything else. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be an effective evangelist in the mission field where God has placed you. Who's up for that? For the benefit of the recording, the church went wild with excitement at that point. (laughs) Our key text this morning is one that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. It's from Matthew 28. Jesus has died, he's risen again, and he appears to his disciples, and he says this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we'll come back to that in a moment, but I thought, given it's that first time for me up here, I'm conscious that not everybody uh, I know, and so I thought I'd better introduce myself a little first of all. Um, I was baptized here when this building was still a shell. The background that you see there is the wall just over there behind the now, now, now very nice looking painted wall. So I was baptized in this building when it was still just a shell 15 years ago. 12 years ago, uh, my wife Sarah and I became the first couple to get married in this building. So Emmanuel runs deep for us. Um, And I love County Durham. I'm born and bred here. This is the Talentire family farm out in Teesdale. My mum mum and dad will be pleased for me showing that picture this morning. Um, I love County Durham, and I have no intention of leaving unless God tells me very clearly to do so. (laughs) No, Alan, I did say God tells me. (laughs) There is still a slight difference. Uh, Now, I've been asked to speak on Gathered for the Community this morning, partly because for the last 12 years, my wife Sarah and I, with friends, have co-led our Emmanuel Gilesgate community. Emmanuel Community Gilesgate. I'll get those the right way around. And this is a photo of some of the guys and girls in in that community group. Twelve years ago, uh, six of us in Emmanuel felt that God had called us to live here in Gilesgate, deliberately, missionally. For me, there was a strong aspect to that of God calling us to bring hope where there was hopelessness. I think this region, this county, this city suffers greatly with what I would call aspirational poverty. The idea that there's never going to be anything better. And we know that in Jesus there is hope, and that hope does not disappoint. So in the 12 years since, we've grown from six people to over 50 adults and over 25 young people 
across three community groups. And I'd like to tell you a bit about our experience and a bit about how I think it's relevant to you. So we have a twin purpose in our mission group in Gate. Firstly, is to encourage and support one another in our personal walk with Jesus. And secondly, to show Jesus' love to communities around us in Gate. Gate is the mission field on our doorstep. If you go out of this building, you will go out of this building. Don't worry, it's not going to be that long. Um, you, when you go out of this building, you're in it. Um, and it needs Jesus just as much as anywhere else. Over the years, we've kind of developed three broad ways <clears throat> that we're able to and that we seek to live missionally in Gate. Number one, we support one another in individual mission. Number two, we work together. And number three, we look to support what's good in our neighborhood. So number one, supporting one another in our individual mission. That'll look different for everybody. It might be in your work. It might be at the school gate. It might be through volunteering. It might just be by being a good neighbor. But we're for one another and we pray for and support that. Number two, we work together. Um, You know, God doesn't need us to win the world back for him, does he? Um, But he chooses to work through us. Some of us might look around and think, why? But he chooses to work through us. And Jesus modeled this community mission, I believe. He invited people to follow him, to go with him on mission. And when he sent people out, it was in no less than two by two. So when we work together, we can encourage one another, we can support one another, and strengthen one another. And I think really importantly, we can demonstrate unity. What we found is that when non-believers see perhaps one Christian, they kind of find it easy to dismiss them as a one-off. But when they see a community of Jesus-focused people living together, not getting everything right, but forgiving one another and loving one another, that's harder to dismiss. That's harder to write off. And actually, when it's done well, it's attractive. People see community, network, family that the world really wants. I think we all know that our society is really broken. People are busy. Society is divided. People are often very lonely. And that Jesus family that we get to demonstrate is attractive. Recently, Sam Cooper shared a a picture that God had given uh, to him. He was in a public space in Gilesgate, and there was quite a lot of litter on the floor. He's remembering it now, I think. There was quite a lot of litter, and he felt God say to him, start picking it up. And he said, oh, God, there's there's loads of it. I'm never going to make any difference. And God responded, if there's plenty of you, you can clear this whole field. So we work together. And number three, we support one another. Uh, We support what is good in our neighborhood. A key passage for us in, in this work has been from Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends out 72 of his followers. And he talks about finding people of peace. Where we see something good, we see if we can support it. 
So over the years, we've supported the work of the local residents association, a homelessness charity, a mental health charity, the food bank and food distribution, well-being projects, schools, children's clubs, and so on. And what we've found is it's easier to support something than to start something and run it ourselves. We have done that as well. But actually, people have been so blessed when we've been able to say, we see what you're doing, it's good, we're for it, we can support it. And when we do that, we bring Jesus into that situation. To the people running that initiative and to the people that they're benefiting. I anticipated there might be a few questions here. I'm sure I won't have got all of them. But I want to uh, look at a few questions that might come up about this. Firstly, why? Why do all this? And maybe, why me? Why should I be interested in this? When? When on earth am I going to do this? Maybe you're thinking, I'm really busy. I can't fit this in. And finally, okay, that all sounds great. That sounds really good. But what have you got to show for it? So for that first question, I want to go back to that key text that I mentioned at the start. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm tempted to find this really quite scary. Go and make disciples. Go and baptize them. Go and teach them. But as with any good Bible study, I want to take a look at what came before and what came afterwards. We want to zoom out a bit. And I think it's really telling. So as a reminder, as we said, Jesus has died, he's risen again, and he appears to his disciples and says this. Now the 11 disciples, so that's minus Judas, who's betrayed Jesus, went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And then Jesus gave them what we call the Great Commission. I think it's really interesting that Jesus didn't give the Great Commission only to those who didn't doubt. He gave it to all. He didn't only give it to the super confident, the extroverts, the powerful speakers, the great evangelists. No, he gave it to all of us, to all of them and to all of us. Even Thomas, who refused to believe Jesus' resurrection until he put his hand in his wounds. Even Peter, who within minutes of Jesus being arrested, denied he ever knew him. Even me and even you. Even you if you're worried that you haven't got the words to say. I can sympathize with that. Even you if you feel you're not good enough. Even you if you feel you've failed. Even you if whatever you'd insert here to disqualify yourself. The people, the friends involved in this work that I've talked about in Gilesgate, with greatest respect to those them in the room, we're not special. Or rather, we are special because we're called by God, but we're not more special than anyone else. And this is where that later bit comes in. Surely I am with you to the very end of the age. 
Each of us is the handiwork of our Heavenly Father, created for good works that he's identified for us and empowered by the Holy Spirit to be everything that God made us to be. So what about that second point? When? Yeah, I'd hold my hands up to this busyness one. And the last thing I want anybody to leave here with is a feeling that, oh, you know what? This guy spoke about everything I've got to do because I'm a Christian. No, please don't take that from today. This isn't about writing another to-do list. It's about being aware of the opportunities to witness for Jesus in your everyday life. That might be your home, it might be in your family, it might be workplace, school, university, it might be with the neighbors on your street, or it might be with friends on the other side of the world. It might be your sports club, your book club, your whatever it is club that you do and you enjoy. We've all had times in our lives when we've been more busy and less busy, haven't we? Maybe at the moment you feel like, actually, I do have a few hours a week to give to this project or maybe to spend some time with someone that God's putting on your heart. Or maybe you're thinking, you know what, 30 seconds to fire off a quick prayer about this is the, is the, is the best I can do at the minute, the most I can spare. That's fine. It's about being aware of the opportunities that God gives to you. And lastly, what are the results? Maybe you're thinking, God, you know, these guys have been at it for 12 years. What have they got to show for it? Well, have hundreds of people in Gilesgate become Christians? No. Thank you. <laughs> Not yet. But... Many people have heard for the first time that Jesus loves them. People who have had previously no contact with this church have come into this building, come to events, services, meetings, and heard the good news. People have come to the Alpha Course. Children have come to our children's groups and sometimes brought their parents along with them. And, praise God, some people have become Christians. We were ready for slow, um, but fruit is coming. And what's really exciting, God has promised there is more to come. We recently received a word, a really significant and encouraging prophetic word, that the, the prayer and good works that have been taking place in Gilesgate in that time have kind of saturated the ground and a landslide is coming. Wow. <laughs> now this is where I really like that God knows us personally because that word was received by uh, a good friend, Dave, who's one of our co-leaders in Gilesgate. And Dave's work is with landslides. So he kind of gets this in a technical way that I don't. But even for a non-expert like me, a landslide is coming. Wow, that's, that's exciting. I might say, a good time to get involved. But this is about considering where God is calling you to.
when I was preparing for this, I thought about some of these false choices that I think sometimes we put in the way of what's God calling us to. Sometimes we think, perhaps, we need to focus on local mission or global mission. We need to focus on sharing the gospel or doing good works. We need to focus on being pastoral or being missional. I think those are false choices. I don't think we need to choose local mission or global mission. We know, we've seen this morning, that Emmanuel Church loves the nations. This church also loves Durham. And our experience in Gilesgate is that the nations are here. This is a photo from the Make Lunch Holiday Club, which is one of the uh, projects that operates in Gilesgate. Each school holidays, there's food, friendship, and a gospel message through children's activities. And we've seen that people who've come are both families that have moved to Gilesgate from the other side of the world and families that have been here for generations. And in May, one of the sessions that we, we ran in May, 70 people, including our volunteers, came along. That's 70 people being fed and hearing something of the gospel. Last year, we started uh, a dad's and kid's breakfast in Gilesgate. Now, I like breakfast. I'm a vegetarian, so I can't do the kind of bacon sandwich thing, but I still like breakfast. Um, and my idea was that it would be kind of a couple of us having a, uh, you know, having a, a snack together and a coffee. A session we did a couple of months back, a breakfast we did, there were 30 people crammed into our front room. Um, it wasn't that one. It was even more full than that one. <laughs> but what really struck me was, round the table, we had people from Italy, South Africa, Hungary, Iran, Afghanistan, and China, as well as Sunderland. One of the really important prophetic words that this church lives by, I'm sure you all know it, is look to the nations and I will give you Durham. Both need our attention and both are our inheritance. So, <clears throat> do we need to choose sharing the gospel or doing good works? <clears throat> our experience in Gilesgate is if you do the good works... People see the heart and want to know more about the Jesus behind it. Recently, we had our God Loves Mission Week. This is a week of uh, mission activities and loving communities around us. And a lot of it was based in Gilesgate. And uh, on the first day, a group of us, some of, some of whom you can see behind me, went out and did a bit of gardening at a public space in Gilesgate called the Duffy. Um, and before we'd even stuck a shovel in the ground, we were just kind of setting up and working, what, working out what we were going to do. A lady came across the street to say, are you from a church? Can you pray for me and my friend? And we got to pray for her. She shared a bit of her life story. We got to bless her and we're seeking to follow that up. And I think it was just God's way of showing if you make yourselves available, God uses you. Neither do we need to be pastoral or missional. 
I think a great strength of this church is how we care for one another. I think pastoral ministry and evangelism can go together. You know, some of the times that I think we've got to know people best in our community group is when we've been doing mission together. When we've been painting a wall or digging a garden or singing Christmas carols on the streets. And again, I think Jesus is the model here. Jesus took people with him. They got to know him while he was doing mission. And I think we can get to know one another and support one another while we do mission together. So, I don't think we need to choose local mission or global mission, sharing the gospel or doing good works, being pastoral or being missional. We can be all of those things, and I think we'll do all of those things better for doing them together. We live in a society and a nation that has forgotten God or ignores God or denies God to a great extent. I came across a survey recently that said that 70% of people never intend to go to church. Not for Christmas, not for a wedding, not for a funeral. No intention of ever going there. Now, I'm all for doing church really, really well. I love that we've got a great worship team. Thank you particularly to Ali for standing in to lead at short notice this morning. A great worship team, a great children and youth ministry, great student ministry, leadership, finance, welcome, PA and AV, prayer, pastoral, communications. Thank you. And, and, and the other teams that I've not mentioned. That's my coverall. But for the 70%, doing church better just won't cut it. They're just not interested. We need to be out there for them to want to come in here. We need to be showing Jesus' love for them, demonstrating the difference he's made in our lives, revealing to them the attractive, Jesus-centered community that we're part of. And I I think many of us, perhaps all of us, can think of one person who did that for us, or maybe several people. That person, those people who went out of their way to tell us what Jesus was like, to introduce us to Jesus. And how grateful we are that they did that now. I don't know about you, but I really want to be on the other end of that. I really want to be on the receiving end of that gratitude that somewhere down the line, someone will come up and say, thank you for introducing me to Jesus. He's changed my life. Because I absolutely believe that God has called us to occupy that building across the way. And to see it filled with 400 people and beyond. You can play catchphrase bingo with my sermon this morning. But I don't know about you, I don't just want to see it with filled with Christians who've joined us from other churches, filled with Christians who've joined us because their churches are struggling or closing. I want to see it filled with people who've given their life to Jesus, been born again, been baptized in water and the Holy Spirit, and are pursuing Jesus with everything they've got. Are you with me? 
The church really did go wild with excitement that time. (laughs) As Christians, we may be marginalized, misunderstood, mocked, maybe mistreated. But you and I are chosen, called, and I pray, compelled by love. You are a missionary in your world. No one can love, comfort, console, and reach the people you can in the way you can. Our nation and our city needs Jesus. We each have a part in that, and in God's strength, we can do it. So, it's getting towards 12 o'clock. This is your chance to assess how I did on that challenge I set myself at the start. Friends, you are the light of the world. The world needs your light. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be an effective evangelist in the mission field where God has placed you. So, what's your response? What's God been saying to you this morning? What's the next step for you? I'd like us to have a quiet time of of prayer. I'd just like to invite the band back up. Perhaps Ali could play for us in the background while we focus on God. This has been about gathered for the community. We're in this together. There's also a personal response. So as Ali begins to play, I'd encourage you to focus on God and ask, what are you saying to me? What's the next step for me?
I'd like to ask some members of the ministry team to come out to the front now, please. We've been reflecting on what's our personal response to God this morning. But we don't do that in isolation. We do it in community. So if you would like someone to pray for you about that next step, or maybe about a bigger vision that God's given you, these guys would love to pray with you. Please come out and receive that prayer. If you're in an Emmanuel community group, maybe you'd like someone from that group to pray with you. Or maybe just ask a person next to you. We can all pray for one another. We'll close with a worship song, if that's okay, band. Let me pray for us as we do. Lord God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for the faithful people who reached out to us, who gave up their time and effort to share your good news with us. Thank you for making each of us and for placing each of us where we can show your love for those who don't yet know you. Lord, we make ourselves available for your purposes. Would you come and equip us and strengthen us for everything that you've called us to do and to be? Amen.